Hey, Radius fam, and welcome back to Radius Conversations. I'm JT Reeves, and I'll be your host as we continue on to our fourth episode of the Radius story. Only one more to go. And today we have some really special guests on here. We've had a whole lot of guys on this Radius Story podcast for the last few weeks. Um, and so we're switching up perspectives, and I'm sitting here with Kerry Carnes. We heard from Todd Carnes last week, and now we get to hear from his better half. And the distinguished and acclaimed Cheryl Reeves from the first episode, um, who, as you may already know, is my mom. So uh, having a lot of fun today. We'll be stepping into their shoes as we utilize an avenue other than Sunday to continue to tell stories, confront culture, and speak truth. Also, side note, we usually try to do seven questions and five minutes each, but I had too many questions for these two ladies, so um, we're doing like 11 questions and something like three minutes and 30 seconds each, which doesn't add up very well. But to start us out, um, let's let's begin with some introductions. So who are y'all? And I think an interesting question could be, um, what did you expect yourself to do growing up? And uh, who did you think you would become? Miss Carrie, if you could start us out on this one. All right. Well, I always, in my growing up years, I did a lot of babysitting and I did, you know, I was, I was a mom wannabe probably all my life. I've always wanted to be a mom and a wife. And so I, I see myself in that role and, um, Never in a million years thought I would be a pastor's wife. <laughs> Never really wanted to be from, you know, what I thought that it was. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of where I was at. I always wanted to be a mom and a wife, and that dream came true. <laughs> and I always wanted to live in South Carolina or North Carolina. And so I'm from Michigan, so that was a very interesting um, dream of Makes mine. Makes sense, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's funny. I had similar ambitions. I always wanted to be a mother and a wife. Well, wife first and then a mother, yeah. hopefully, in that order. Uh, probably the only other thought I had was my parents gave me a lot of books on missionaries and heroes of the faith. So another idea would be um, if I didn't find that husband and start having babies to be a missionary. I was thinking overseas where there might be needs. So that was my simple ambition. And both of you got your wish. So. We did. <laughs> In <Yes>. part. Thankfully. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into some of the story stuff. Mom, we'll start with you. So 2003, we heard from you in our first episode much earlier, but a little more detailed this time. You have six kids. You've already moved like mm. three, four times, and um, you're right outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Then dad goes up to visit some place called Lexington, South Carolina. So walk me through that and through you as a mother with this decision. A place I had never heard of until John went to visit we just, from the time we were married, said we wanted to be open-handed with whatever the Lord asked of us. We wanted to um, serve him. We wanted to definitely be obedient to him. Both of us um, were very grateful, had parents that raised us to 
seek to know God, to have a fear of God above all, above whatever man thinks, to fear God and then to be obedient to him. We don't use the word obedience much, but that was very much taught to both of us. And we both wanted to make sure that if we felt the Lord leading us somewhere or um, prompting us to do something that we were willing to move immediately. So he seemed to lead us into church planting (laughs) without much training. But I was kind of, you also mentioned I'm a person who doesn't like change. So it was very hard to move a lot. And I was everywhere we lived, I hoped that we would stay there. (laughs) And it just didn't seem to happen. Um, So when I, I could see that we were being directed, it just felt like we, we try not to use that too much where, where God told us to do something, but we did sense a pull to Lexington. Like it was something God was leading us to and we wanted to be obedient. And at first I was very sad because I wanted to stay put and just have raised my kids and know their friends. But then because of the, the, um, the deep desire to please the God who gave his life for us, I, within a few hours by the time I woke up the next morning, I was very excited. So hmm. took me overnight, but then I was excited oh. <laughs> for the wow. moment, for the moment. It One came night. and went. <laughs> it came and went. Um, so Carrie, while she's in Atlanta, and uh, the first time I heard this story, it was really exciting to me. You're busy getting kicked out of Russia with wow. Todd Carnes <laughs> and the kids. So explain to us what's going on there. Okay, so we were missionaries in Russia. We were um, working, targeting an unreached people group, um, the Bashkir people. We were in a Muslim republic of Russia, right in, in the central um, part of Russia in the Ural Mountains. And, um, you know, things were kind of trucking along. We were, you know, meeting people. We were um, doing different things. And it was a hostile time. We weren't um, we weren't really well received at this point. Um, you know, the walls had fallen down the, um, you know, years before they really welcomed Americans, anybody to come in cause it was such a, it was a close country at this point, you know, they've kind of transitioned and then being in this Republic, it was, um, it was dark. It was a dark place. Mm. Um, you know, void of many people who knew, the Lord. And so we, you know, I was home with the kids. I had a, um, I just gave birth to Amanda, our middle child, and then Elena was two years old. And so I was home a lot. Todd was out. He was, he was out a lot, um, trying to go to some smaller villages and things like this. And so we were, you know, just moving forward and, um, we, they got called, the guys got called in to, um, to the Ovier's office and they just kind of said, you know, you are, um, we're going to revoke your visas and you have 10 days to get out. So it was, we, we were not anticipating getting kicked out like that. We, we knew there was unrest, you know, we knew there was struggles. There was always, it was always a difficult um, thing to get a visa. So like for our visa, we had to go out of the country every three months um, because we were just on a tourist visa. So, you know, it was one of those things that it was, it, you knew it possibly could happen, but you didn't really expect it to happen. Mm -hmm. And so we were kind of dumbfounded when it happened. It was like, oh, 
well, you know, we're Americans, we've got rights, you know? <laughs> and so, um, you know, we called the embassy and they're like, um, all right, they told you 10 days, you better get out in seven. You know, like you do not want to be in that country when, you know, your time has expired. And so it was chaos. You know, we had to sell our, our um, the company we were with, they owned a couple apartments. And so we had to sell apartments, we had to sell cars because, I mean, they were not letting us, letting us come back in. And so, um, so it was a crazy wild time. And, you know, we left with loads of money in our pockets, hoping that mm. nobody would mm. find out. Cause I mean, there was like 10 of us. And so, you know, we're, we all were carrying a lot of money mm. out. We went out to Cyprus to kind of debrief and figure out next steps and things like that. So, um, it was it was a crazy time, but you know God's hand is in it. Right before that time um, is when <clears throat> a group from Lexington Baptist Church came over and um, did a, a little two week mission trip. And Todd met Todd was kind of the leader of that, and so he the pastor was one of the people who came with the group, and so they really connected, and um, they he kind of put a bug in our ear. You know, we're we're probably going to be getting a missions pastor position at our church. Maybe maybe you want to think about that. You know, mm-hmm. and because our time was going to um, 2001 or 2000 at the end of 2000 was when we were supposed to come home. Um, we just had to come home a little bit earlier. <laughs> so, and what had uh, what's the mindset going to Russia? What was the conversation there between you and Todd and and desiring to go in the mission field? So, um, when, right before we were married, um, well, when I met Todd, Todd was going to be going to Russia for a year after he graduated from college. And, um, I had kind of met him just right before he graduated. Mm. And I thought that was great for him. (laughs) You know, I mean, that was wonderful. And I mean, but mission work was so far from my mind, you know, and, um, and so I, you know, began, I was just a, a brand new believer. And um, so, you know, it kind of, this just kind of festered in me a little bit, like, what, why are people doing, you know, I mean, that's great. I, I think it's good. But, you know, really, uh, that just seems so far fetched for me. Um, and so the more I, you know, kind of got into it, it was like, wow, Um Todd's trip got canceled, so he wasn't able to do that. So he had moved back to the university, and we started to date and things like that. And so he never really kind of – I think he kind of had put that aside, um, you know, and I didn't think much of it. And then we we got engaged, and um, there was some things that kind of were presented to us, you know, possibilities maybe to go overseas and – I was still not having it. It was not, it was just not in my vision. And um, we spoke to this couple one time over um, dinner and they had just been and they had served for a year and God just did something in my heart. And it was, it was powerful because Mm -hmm. it was one of those moments that it was like, I have to do this, Mm -hmm. you know, and it with or without Todd, I have Mm -hmm. to do this, you know, and so, you know, of course, Todd had, wasn't like pushing, hey, let's do this, let's do this, like, he's like, let's meet with them, Mm -hmm. see what they're doing, you know, and so I told Todd, like, 
I'm being really drawn to this. And so then we started, you know, we started then seeking what would be next. And so before we were married, we knew within the year we would be going overseas. So Wow. Mm. Crazy. I had mm-hmm. never heard that before. I think it's humorous that I thought I was going to go overseas into missions, <laughs> and I ended up marrying a man who kept us in the U.S., and then you didn't have any desire. Mm-hmm. But that speaks. It's so cool how the Holy Spirit will change your heart, draw your heart, mm-hmm. and even get it excited for something that you maybe feared or had no interest in. Um, or were hesitant about because the Lord did that with me with church mm-hmm. planting. I had no desire to uproot from where I was. And mm-hmm. it's really neat how yeah. the Lord draws your heart. He hmm. does. Kind of did the same thing for me even before Todd and I got engaged because Todd, w- Todd was really, you know, thinking ministry. And like I told you, I was not. <laughs> that was not. Um, and so God did another one of those works, you know, I just, I just began to seek out what, well, what is being in the ministry? What is it? You know, what, what does that really mean? And I just really saw that it's living your life. I mean, whether you're in the ministry or not, you're, Mm -hmm. you're in the ministry, you know, Mm -hmm. you are a minister of, of the gospel. He started really, you know, putting that heart on my heart and I knew it. And uh, Todd and I almost we almost ended our relationship because I was just so like, no, I, I don't think I, I, I'd be, I'd be for that, you know, and God just, God did that work again in my heart and my thinking. And I think that's, that's just cool of God because he just, he can change your preconceived ideas of what things are and show you kind of the reality of, of what it is. And so. And speaking of being in the ministry, mom, as we, Move on to um, you're going 90 miles an hour with a couple kids in elementary and middle school and a couple kids who are also toddlers, uh, a church plant coming and maybe not the greatest income ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet I remember even as a five-year-old how much you would open up your house and just the people that were always walking through there. Can you talk about that house, those times um, and the importance of generosity as a church planner for you, who were someone who, you know, just as Carrie was talking about, wasn't weren't getting paid at the time. But Dad gave full disclosure on that, JT. He told me before we got married, he would never be one to make a lot of money. So <laughs> at least he disclosed that Honest. to me before <laughs> before we got married, and he followed through with that promise. But I, 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 um, I was thinking about this time and a couple. Th- thoughts come to mind. Like Carrie said, we're all ministers of the gospel, whether we're in quote unquote full-time ministry or in a, a regular job in the marketplace. And I also think with hospitality, this isn't something that just ministers do or pastors and their wives do. We are all called to be hospitable, um, open our homes, care for people, notice those that are hurting. We're all supposed to be hospitable, but it is something I'm especially passionate about. And it, I, I I, I always say that John Reeves married the right woman because my parents grew up in the Depression, uh, and so they taught me how to, to you know, make the most of a penny, pretty much, and be a scrapper of whatever Carrie knows as, as a friend. Whatever people are getting rid of, I'm very open to having. <laughs> too, too open. <laughs> too, too open. Our house is too full now. 
But I do have to disclose fully that as much as I loved having people in, as much as we wanted to get to know people and invite them over and and coach ball teams and have the parties at our house and have cookouts all the time, I have to disclose that oftentimes I did it with a complaining heart. So I don't want anyone to think (laughs) that... um, Carrie and I are doing things no one else can do and that we're oh above it all and that you know we we did do a lot of hard things it was very difficult but we're definitely flawed people and on my part Carrie's got a much more positive outlook on life but I was negative very negative and telling (laughs) my husband how hard things were and um but the grace of God has shown me not only I did fear God to a point of wanting to be obedient, and in that there is God's favor when you just are obedient, but a lot of times I was dragging my feet through it, and I love that even my kids can testify to the transforming work of God over the years of where I went from, um, I won't say that I don't ever complain anymore, but from really (laughs) dreading or complaining about everything to... um, just being a little easier to live with. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't ever want anyone to think that the Lord's work is easy and people do it without any difficulty and that we have these perfect attitudes. We are all fighting to do things in the right way and we are all a work in progress of the transforming work of the Holy Spirit in us. And he mm-hmm. does. He promises he who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. And I'm so thankful for that. Mm-hmm. And so you are being hospitable in this very cool, very pink house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you suddenly have to go and the pink house is gone. Yes. And talk to us about the whole fiasco of looking to buy a house in downtown Columbia and then ending up going to uh, Uncle Matt's yard and cleaning mm-hmm. up. And then suddenly, boom, you are in a different different area. Yeah, one reason we're so careful to say, oh, God told me to do this is for us, we would we would begin to feel a stirring, almost like a restlessness. And it was like a tip for us that you need to be praying and seeking what the, the Lord may have something for you. And he's trying to get you from, from your um, daily routine into looking at what might be next. And so that restlessness would prompt us to do a lot of praying. We would oftentimes take a day a week and fast together, John and I. And sometimes when the church knew about things happening, even sometimes the whole church would fast together. That's how one way radius was started with, was with prayer and fasting once a week. And so we began to think, well, maybe the Lord wants us to expand into downtown Columbia from Lexington for a church plant. And we would drive around and we would pray over the area and just have such uh, lack of peace. And so we would look in another area, West Columbia, we'll let's look in Irmo. And we just were praying and seeking what the Lord may want, thinking it was nearby, mm-hmm. just, you know, to expand and plant. And then we came to a family gathering and there had been a big storm and we were just cleaning up limbs in John's brother's yard in the Greenville area in Easley. And all the kids at work carrying limbs, cleaning up. And we get back in the car several hours later and it was is if the Lord had had prompted each of us separately, mm. this is the area I want you to look. 
turn your eyes this, and we both began to talk and were shocked that we each suddenly, we were not looking anywhere outside of Columbia. We had no thought of anywhere outside of it. So it was another, one of the rare, unique times that we felt a very clear direction from God to look in this area. So this is where we began to pray. We had to go to the elders at Radius and say, hey, guys, there's no one else here that um, we have that is really a teacher of the word, that is a pastor, but we feel the Lord leading us to leave. And that is one of the great pieces of history of Radius is that the church, the elders opened up their hands and said, why would we not send? When God brought, brought you here, he led you here. Why would we not send you off? And so open-handedly they sent us. It was beautiful. So if you're trying to follow right now, we've talked about this a little over the past few episodes, and you might have read the books, you might understand what is going on, but as Kiri is getting kicked out of Russia, mom is um, (laughs) just finishing up in Lexington, South Carolina, which is where that pink house was, and they have begun planting with uh, a lot of other awesome couples, this Radius Church, and all of a sudden they're leaving to which Chris Seabee says, I think you're wrong, to um, John Reeves, as you heard earlier in an episode. And so they're gone. And now, Carrie, back to you. Um, even as she's moving, the Lord is pushing Todd in a new direction. And I heard the story from his lips, and, and we've heard the story a little bit from his lips last week. Um but what was it like for you in this situation? There's this new idea of a church plant, and then all of a sudden this radius group comes into the picture, and then he resigns from his job. <laughs> so tell me how you processed all this. Where were you, and, and what was going through your head? So um, it was probably about we'd been in Lexington for a couple years, and we really felt like we were supposed to go back overseas. Um, like we just still kind of were, were driving towards that. Like we, we, we always wanted to be open-handed, like we'll go wherever you want to go. Like coming back to the States, we always just thought we were going to be overseas for our life, you mm-hmm. know. And so mm-hmm. coming back, it was kind of like, okay, we'll do that, <laughs> you know. But um, so we just kept kept having this tug that, you know, we need to kind of pursue going back. And so we we pursued that. Todd was kind of getting, he was getting that restless feeling and I knew it, you know, and, and, and to be honest, I was too, you know, it was like, there's just something, you know. And so we tried, we, we were going to go back to Kazakhstan and, um, you know, Todd and I were, were set to go there on a, um, on a, like a, just a quick trip for us to kind of scout out the area where maybe we could find a a flat apartment where we could live and, you know, look at schools, do all this kind of stuff. And um, so we tried and we were denied it. Well, Todd was denied it. He said, I wasn't. (laughs) Todd was blacklisted, but um, they blacklisted all of the the guys um, that were in our our group from when we got kicked out. So, um, so that shut everything down. Any Soviet, former Soviet country that we were just excluded from. And Todd spoke Russian, so it was, you know, it was kind of like we felt that was just a a dead stop for us. Like, okay, you know, you tried. I saw you were willing, you know, that kind of thing. So 
And then we're thinking, okay, what's next? Well, then we started, with Todd and you know, the leaders of the church started toss, tossing around, okay, well, maybe we'll do a, a plant, a church plant. And um, that was moving forward a little bit. And then the pastor at the time, he took a different job. And so that kind of stopped it in its tracks because Todd and he were kind of the ones like pushing maybe towards something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's still this stirring inside, like this restlessness. Um, Todd then helped and became the interim pastor um, while they searched for a new pastor. And it was then that we just knew it was time for us to make a move. You know, we, we had to, when, when that was finished, it, it was time. In the midst of that restlessness, probably a few weeks even before the resignation, I don't quite remember the whole timeline, but he ended up meeting John Reeves, and they met for lunch, I think at a Chick-fil-A or wherever it was, and they just started talking, and Todd kind of shared his thoughts and his dreams about what, you know, what he thought we were supposed to be moving towards, and, and John was just as open as he could be, as he always is, and just said, why don't you guys just come and check out Radius, and, you know, maybe you can, you know, we have some really great people, maybe you guys can, you know, pull some people in with you to help you, and Todd was just really blown away by that, and so, um, as, you know, it was just like, wow, this guy's offering his people of, you know, his Mm -hmm. people from his congregation from his church. Not very to, big. Congregation. Not very big. Yeah. A very small. You know, who knows? It could have been you, JT, yeah, no, coming yep. to help us. But um, so so yeah, so that's that's kind of that stirring began. And and it wasn't it really wasn't just in Todd, it was in me as well. And so I think because I, you know, I knew that Todd was very restless and he was ready for something different, ready for that change. Um, I think that stirring was in me too for the change and for the excitement of it and for me to be on board. And so probably in a lot of ways, I pushed him a little bit because, you know, he was thinking about, you know, provision and all of these things. And then we, we just finally said, well, we've done it before. Let's just do it, you know? And um, so he resigned, didn't really know exactly. We knew we were moving towards church planning, but didn't you know, at that point, we didn't know radius was was the avenue. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was exciting. Wow. Mm. Um, before we get on to our next question, do you speak any Russian, just for our listeners? Mm, not very much. I un- I can understand Russian. Okay. I can probably sp- well I. I could have when we okay. were there uh, <laughs> speak like on a preschool level, there you, go. <laughs> you know, but it got me by. <laughs> so <laughs> I have this great Russian accent, which I'm super oh, proud my, of, he does. but he I does. can't, I can't do it now because oh, there's someone so that actually good, like knows Russian. <laughs> so we're going to hide that for another time. Okay. Um, but Carrie, like I said, I understand <laughs> it. <laughs> oh no, I don't actually speak it's the words. Accent. It's an English oh, Russian. Oh <laughs> God, oh God. It's yeah, it's super. Oh, you know, he's good though. Super yeah. Great. Uh, so, Carrie, as you and Todd finished up at Radius and got ready to go back into the marketplace, all of a sudden, Radius is looking for a lead pastor again. Mom, you've moved out of the picture because you'll have left and gone to Greenville and other various places, not Russia, but some mm-hmm. other states. 
Um, obviously, if you've been at Radius for a while, you know that then uh, John and Cheryl Reeves started with the baton and then handed it to Todd Carnes, who suddenly returned it to John Reeves again, and now they both work together at Radius. So, Carrie, Mom, talk to me about uh, those two and their friendship and y'all's friendship um, and the uniqueness of the way God kind of made all of this happen, because it's a crazy story. I, as I said earlier, they Todd and John met um, for the first time at a Chick-fil-A and started talking about church planting. And um, like I said, Todd was just blown away by the fact that John would offer people from his small congregation, and it just was so unusual. Because there's sometimes there's like a competition, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. and it it was just so not like that. And, you know, they just continued to meet and um, just dream. And John helped Todd dream about, you know, what it might look like. We were even having people in our home who would want to come with us to to plan a new church. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, and so John was kind of working and talking to Todd. Well, I think their friendship just continued to develop through that. And um, and then when it all happened that, oh, well, why don't you just, you know, take over at a radius? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, it didn't happen just like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, in, the, in the big picture, it seems like it did, that's mm-hmm. for sure. But, um, you know, they kept on and they would, um, you know, of course, pray for each other and, and just make sure each other was doing well or, or helping each other along. Mm-hmm. And it just was their friendship just continued to evolve mm-hmm. um, through that yeah. time. For Cheryl and I, I think, um, you know, once John took the baton back, um, probably I, I was trying to think through it. It had to have been a summer. We Cheryl and I began walking mm-hmm. together um, pretty good bit. And, mm-hmm. um, then our friendship just really started to develop through that. And, you know, we have some pretty powerful walks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can hardly keep up with your stride. Okay. So. It's, uh, it's interesting because uh, John had been driving back and forth yeah. from Greenville. We didn't have anyone here at Radius in Lexington to be preaching and teaching. So John would come here on a Sunday morning and preach and then drive back, and we were starting Radius Greenville at night. And I'm my my memory, you know, my math T bird isn't oh, the greatest. Goodness. So how many? Oh. How I know it was over a year. I can't remember if it was year and a half or two. I don't remember how long he did it, but he was exhausted. He was begging the Lord for someone to rise up to lead at Radius. And when he had lunch with Todd, I remember him coming home saying, "Hey, I think this might be the guy." Yeah. And just praying through that, and waiting, and watching, mm-hmm. and knowing that. Um, Todd wasn't necessarily coming to him to come in and yeah. and lead Radius. So John just just really waiting and praying and um, them spending time together. Um, and then I like to say that Todd created, I mean, John created a lot of mess. He stirs up a lot of activity and mess and things. And if you're reading the Radius book, it's a, it's very confusing at the, the first, JT, you did a very good job, oh, thanks, of course, Mom. of writing. <laughs> but it was, he had the most difficult job of taking all the mess of the first few years. And then when you get to the part where Todd and Carrie come in, 
it seems like it's much easier to read because there becomes some structure and some organization mm -hmm. and just makes me laugh reading the book, how you can even see that in the way the book is written. Yep. Mm -hmm. Our family never actually plans anything. No. 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 Not just... <laughs> so let me ask two more questions and then we'll wrap it up here. First, I just want to discuss what is the hardest part of being a pastor's wife, which neither of you said you expected to come into. Well, I was thinking through this question, and I have to say that I think the way I was raised, and, and really when you look at Scripture, there's not a position of a pastor, like it's a, it's a position that you take on. It's a gift, and it's a gift that you may or may not have. John is not necessarily the most pastoral, caring, <laughs> soft person, but it's also something you can learn through years. But um, as so as well, a pastor's wife is not a position. Um, but in our society, when when you lead, it's something a label they put on you. So I, thankfully, I, I didn't even know there was an expectation of me uh, to be a pastor's wife. And I just wanted to utilize all my hopes and prayers were were to utilize my gifts. Um, in a way that brought God glory and was being obedient to him. And so setting the precedent at Radius that um, the wife of a pastor doesn't have to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. We hope and pray that she will be obedient to God. And then even in obedience to God, for me, there were seasons where we ran so hard and I was so ragged and, and, and the Lord wants us to have rest at times. So there are times where I back out of things as a pastor's wife. So probably the hardest thing was, um, was, was learning that people had a expectation of a role. Hmm. Um, but I just was never going to try to fit into that. I, I knew better than that. But that's hard when people just kind of think there should be an expectation of certain things that come that you know really aren't in scripture. <laughs> so to me, that was the hardest part. Yeah. Probably for me, it was the toll and not, I can't say toll really, but just what it did for Todd internally. Um, you know, he, you know, you, you know, a lot people, people confide in you a lot. They tell you a lot of deep, hurtful, a lot of times hurtful, you know, things that they're dealing with, um, a lot of pain and things like that. And so I think it was for me just continuing to try when Todd came home, you know, to yeah. make home as, as peaceful and as, you know, simple as it could be. So, but he, he would take that on internally a lot and I, I could feel it for him. And I think just not, I mean, there's not a lot you can do. I mean, it, you know, except, you know, minister to your husband. And, um, and, you know, that's where, for me, I really, Radius was very wonderful for me as a pastor's wife because, like Cheryl said, I didn't really feel confined to a role. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, you be you and, you know, do what you do, you know, and use your gifts, as Cheryl said. And um, and so I've always, in my mind, I believe that for me, the biggest ministry I could do for the church was to make sure I was ministering to my mm, husband. So and so that, that was a role I took very seriously mm. because um, he needed that 
respite when he got home, you know, and it wasn't always that way. I mean, you have kids and all that kind of stuff, but just trying to continue to create that in the home for him so he could be what he needed to be when he left. But so I think, good. yeah, that was the hardest. Mm. That's rich. Yeah, and I guess you've already hit this somewhat. I was going to ask, you know, what is the best part about being a pastor's wife? It's funny, as Carrie was talking, I was thinking, I was not the kind of person to say, I need to have the home ready for my husband to have peace here. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm more of a, what went wrong today? And I'm going to attack it when we were younger, just we pulled hard, we ran hard, and I am not one to hide my feelings and thoughts and emotions. Are you surprised? Really? (laughs) So I actually, um, the Lord had to do work in me to repent of beating my husband down when he got home from all the things he didn't do well. But actually the best part of being the pastor's wife, I was thinking, was learning to do that. Mm -hmm. Learning to become a home where he could come home and rest. And it was more of a development for me. You are so positive, Carrie. It's been such a fun friendship because where she's so positive and optimistic, I'm negative. And see, it's just been such a fun friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so sad that there's so much competitiveness in the world and people are always wanting to one-up the other because, and we all battle that, but it's been such a beautiful friendship mm-hmm. with Carrie. And I've, I've learned some of that from her, but the Lord taught me that where um, the unity of a husband and wife, I just think the beauty of the way God made a man and a woman that um, I, I help him to be better. We pull together, but I make him stronger. Hmm. It's just so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so learning that as a pastor's wife has been one of the best, best, best things for me. I would say in leading... Um not be afraid to try something. <laughs> I mean, when I think about radius and some of the things that we've done, oh you know, I mean, some of them are like wild, you know, and mm-hmm. but yet in maybe a little edgy, not not necessarily meaning to be, but just trying to confront the culture, mm-hmm. you know, um, some of it's gone over really well, mm. some of it not so much, you know, and uh, so I think that there's a, uh, you can't be reckless, mm-hmm. but you, you, can, you do need to not totally be safe, That's you great. know? <laughs> All right, and our time here is up. Thank you, <laughs> Carrie and Mom, for your mm-hmm. time. And one of the most powerful stories that I heard in interviews for this Radius book was actually, Carrie, just from Sherry Bird talking about you asking her out to lunch Mm. and how powerful that one moment was. And so as Carrie's mentioning earlier, being ministers, that's not just the role of the pastor's wife. That's that's the role of Mm -hmm. every person in Uh, the capital C church, the bride of Christ. And so homework for today, the whole series is really about knowing your neighbor and um, being intimate with them in that way. Um, Next week, we'll be back and we'll wrap up this Radius Story podcast with Jeremiah Jones and John Reeves from way back in the early days, got him to come all the way from Jacksonville, Florida. Mm -hmm. So Huge deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> y'all should, hey, y'all should come out and listen exciting. to that as we continue to tell stories, confront culture, 
and speak truth. We love y'all.